Gaming is an adventure. You can delve into the deepest sea or soar above the highest mountain. You can become the hero, slay dragons, or rule entire civilizations. You can do this all alone or with the fellowship of the best companions. So what do you say? Are you ready to go on an adventure? This is the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. Gaming is an adventure. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Gaming Adventure Club podcast. I am your host, Manny G, and I am doing a solo show. Yay, boo. And he's gone. And he's in California. And he'll be coming back soon, but it's just me tonight. And I've got some gaming news for us. So skipping all the chit chat, let's just jump right into it. First up, Torchlight 2 is coming to console on September 3rd. Torchlight 2 is a classic RPG. It was originally released in 2012 and it was created by some of the minds that brought us the original Diablo. It's a very satisfying hack and slash dungeon crawler game and it's only going to be 20 bucks. So that's a pretty good deal. It's coming to Xbox, PlayStation, as well as the Switch. So if you enjoy Diablo, I think you would probably enjoy this game as well. I played it and uh, I played it when it got released and it was good. It was it was a good time. I really like it, but it has almost this cell shaded design, a little cartoony and a little more lighthearted than the original Diablo games. But it's definitely worth taking a look at. And for 20 bucks, that's that's a pretty good deal. You're definitely going to get your money's worth if this type of game is for you. So keep an eye out. September 3rd, that is just around the corner. Next up, Cyberpunk 2077 will have a hardcore mode. So as you know, Cyberpunk is still in development. There's a lot of features that they're working on. There's still a lot of unanswered questions. But one thing we know for sure is that the game will be released with a hardcore mode. We learned this from an interview with the UI coordinator, Alvin Liu, or is it just Liu? L-I-U. Anyways, he had an interview with WCCF Tech. So hardcore mode, it's basically a permadeath mechanic. So once your character goes to zero, boom, that is the end of the game. Part of the way that they're handling this hardcore mode is to actually remove the UI. So it's it's going to be quite an experience. If you didn't know, Cyberpunk 2077 is a game that is being designed for you to enjoy multiple playthroughs. They also said they're going to have a ton of different difficulty levels. Uh, a ton is my word. I think that they're going to have a handful. We don't know exactly, and they actually might not know exactly how many different difficulty modes they're going to have. But we do know hardcore mode is shipping. So that's something to look forward to. And I tell you what, I cannot wait to get my hands on that game. Next up, Google tries to clarify exactly what Stadia is in a Reddit Ask Me Anything. During this Reddit Ask Me Anything, this AMA, they wanted to kind of drive home the point that Stadia is not the Netflix of gaming. A lot of people actually hope that it would be. It sounded like it would be a really cool service to just pay a monthly fee, have access to hundreds of games, play whatever you want, whenever you want, on any device you want from anywhere. That sounded like an amazing service. That is not Google Stadia. So to be clear, they said it is a lot more like PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live, but it has some key differences. So let's kind of talk about what that is. So Stadia's 
Andrei Doronachev is quoted as saying, a closer comparison would be like Xbox Live Gold or PlayStation Plus. The Pro subscription gets 4K HDR streaming, 5.1 sound, exclusive discounts, and access to some free games. Roughly one free game per month, give or take, starting with Destiny 2. So in my mind, this still isn't the best messaging you can be getting out there about Stadia. Because if you think about it, they're comparing a one free game a month to Xbox and Sony's three games a month, right? And some of those games that Xbox and Sony are given to us are AAA titles. They're very good games. So we have no idea what kind of games Google is going to get a hold of to give for free. But the quote says roughly one free game per month, give or take. So what does that actually mean? Well, that actually means is that you can have a month that you're playing for Stadia and not get a free game. So they would not be wrong if you get Destiny 2 and then don't get another game for another 12 months. They would not be wrong if that happened, right? So I don't know what they're doing. This seems like some kind of messed up messaging. Like I don't get what they're trying to do here by having this AMA and answering questions like this in this way, because it doesn't paint them in a very good light. And me personally, I'm just not convinced of the value of this particular service. The big catch here is that it is console-free experience. Your console is in the cloud and you're paying monthly to access it. While it's actually more expensive than Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus, then after a few years, the money you would have saved, you could just buy yourself a console. So I, I am still just not quite getting what Google is wanting to do. I do know that there are people who think this is uh, the answer to their gaming issue. So for those people, that's fantastic. They have no caps. They have very fast internet. They don't want to put up the 200 bucks that it costs to buy a console nowadays, and they would rather just pay a monthly fee. So there you go. But I think a good competitor to this is something that we talked about last year. Remember when Xbox was bundling an Xbox One X along with Xbox Live and Game Pass all in a monthly bundle where you actually pay per month, but then when that when those payments are done, you keep the console? I personally think that's still more appealing than Stadia because you have so many more games with the Xbox Game Pass library. You get three free games every single month. You get their brand new titles when they release day and date. Actually, before that, you can pre-download. Like Gears is coming out in a couple months and a few days before it actually releases, you could download the game early so that when it's live for everyone, it's live for you too. So to me, that seems like a more compelling deal than what Google Stadia is offering, especially since we know that xCloud is coming this year. Google Stadia is coming next year unless you uh, you can pre-buy it for like 130 bucks to get in a, a controller and stuff and you get like three months included for yourself and as well as for a friend. But it's officially launching next year. So I think if you are thinking Stadia might be the answer for you, if you don't want to put up the money to buy a console now and would rather just have it in the cloud, then take a look at that Xbox deal where you pay per month. It's sort of like what you're doing with Stadia where you're paying per month and see if it makes sense to you. Just know what you're paying for and just get an idea of what's out there because it doesn't matter how much this doesn't make sense for a person like me. 
This can be perfect for a person like you. So that was Google clarifying exactly what Stadia is giving you. So let's move on. <laughs> and speaking of Xbox Live, you can still upgrade your Xbox Live remaining months to Game Pass Ultimate for up to three years at the cost of only $1. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It was, uh, I mean, it's, it's a tremendous deal, right? Because let's say you just have Xbox Live right now. Let's say you have it for the next 11 months. Give them $1 and that turns the 11 months not only into Xbox Live, but also into Xbox Live with Game Pass Ultimate for $1. That's ridiculous, right? That's fantastic. We thought the deal was ending and it did, I believe, but Polygon and Eurogamer are both reporting that this deal is still going down. So we don't know how long you're gonna be able to upgrade, but if you have Xbox Live right now, it only costs a buck to upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate. So I'd recommend that you just do it. It's only a dollar. If you need a dollar, just hit me up and I will send you a dollar. It'll allow you to upgrade up to three years into the future. So before you upgrade, if you have 11 months and you're thinking, well, shoot, I'll just spend an extra 60 to extend my Xbox Live to uh, 23 months in this example, still upgrades for a dollar. Super good deal. You would think that we're getting paid some kind of commission for how much we uh, how much we are positive about this, but we're not. Next up, Apex Legends will make cheaters play against each other. So dealing with cheaters in Apex is this long-term battle. It's not something you could win overnight. And a matter of fact, you're, you're never going to get all the cheaters out of your game. It's just something that you're going to always fight against. Well, Ian Walker of Kotaku reports on this particular story and he says some of respawn's efforts are common sense developing new system to detect cheaters adapting to new cheats and devoting additional resources to the problem but one in particular is noteworthy respawn is working on a way to sequester known cheaters in the same game almost like their very own cheater battle royale popping off automatic headshots against fellow players likely won't be as fun if it's also happening to you <laughs> So that that's the quote there from Ian from Kotaku. Really interesting strategy. Well, the first my first thought is, well, if it's a known cheater, then why don't you just ban him and get rid of him? Well, it's a free-to-play game, so people can come right back. People will figure out a way. And we did learn about how there is like a IP blocking as well as hardware serial code blocking as well. To where if you're logged into their server and you have kind of uh, clicked yes on the terms of service, they can see your IP, but they could also identify you by your hardware. And most likely it's, it's the serial number on your motherboard. So whenever you get blocked, that gets blocked as well. Remember, we talked about this months ago. So is that something that's going on now? I honestly, I can't remember. I'm not too sure. But this is also a pretty interesting strategy. Just rounding those people off not totally trying to get rid of them, but just forcing them to play with each other. That's It's just funny. I don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing, if this is going to work or do anything to really solve the whole cheating problem, but it's really entertaining. Like I would love to see like a, a competitive game where everyone is cheating. And um, yeah, I just can't imagine the amount of salt that will flow from from a match like that. But it's really great to see that Respawn is coming up with new ways to deal with the cheating problem that they have in their game. And it, like I said, it's an ongoing effort. They're going to be fighting this 
for the life of the game. So having these new and unique strategies of dealing with stuff like that, it's it's pretty cool. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this works. So the next few stories here all have to do with Gears 5. So if Gears is not your thing, uh, see you next week, I guess. I don't know, but you might want to stick around because there are some cool, cool things that we learn here. Well, Gears 5 technical test is out and over by the time you listen to this, but you do have one more opportunity to play it, and that is July 26th through the 29th. So we talked about the test coming uh, last week and how you need to be a subscriber to Game Pass Ultimates or you need to have pre-ordered the game itself. But there's several modes that are available for you to play in the tech test now, uh, but the one that I got to play was the arcade mode. I only had about an hour or so to play, so I didn't have a lot of time. So I just jumped into the arcade mode and it's, it is an interesting mode. It's a lot more than what I thought it was. So let's kind of dive into what this is all about. And here's a quote from gears5.com. We are excited to reveal your first look at arcade, a brand new type of versus experience for all types of players. This ultimate jump in, jump out mode brings hero characters, each with their own distinct abilities and weapon upgrades to Gears 5 versus players. Arcade Deathmatch is just the beginning where two teams of five race to be first to 50 kills. This promises to be unlike any Gears TDM you've ever played. It's a mode where your kills upgrade your firepower, where your mark is left in blood and your victories are savage. All right, just to comment on that last part, I forgot how gory Gears of War is. Like, it is crazy, right? Like, you know, everybody knows that iconic weapon that has a chainsaw on the end of it, like a chainsaw bayonet. Like, what is that thing? So I'm playing this game during the day. My boy's in the other room, and it's just it's just a mess, right? <laughs> so I go into the settings, and luckily, you could actually turn the gore off. And there's also, like, a profanity filter so you could make Gears of War a bit more uh, family friendly, but it works in my house, right? Because I didn't want my boys coming in to hear stuff that I don't want them to hear or see things I don't want them to see. But man, this game is, uh, it's crazy. It's intense, right? It, it kind of grabs at your emotions whenever something is, is in this genre. Well, Charlie Hall of Polygon got a chance to sit down with the multiplayer design director, Ryan Clevin. And this article says, traditionally, the Gears of War franchise has had a very different style of gameplay from other multiplayer shooters. There's a cover element, of course, but stylistically, the game relies on close quarter engagement, more so than other games. Arcade is intended to ease in fans of multiplayer shooters who just might not otherwise be ready for that. Gears is that kind of game that whenever I go into it, I get shotgunned in the face and I don't know why, Clevin says, mimicking the complaints of the traditional FPS player. Arcade is an experience that might be more familiar to you, as well as being something that players who have played the series their whole life will also enjoy. Clevin describes arcade modes as a combination between Counter-Strike Global Offense style weapon bind system and a more traditional hero shooter like Overwatch players will be able to take on the role of one of several iconic characters, including Marcus Phoenix and an assortment of comparable Locust enemies. Each one will have their own different loadout, their own passive abilities, and a weapon tree. So tying this all together, this is kind of a very interesting mode, and I really think this mode has some legs. 
Arcade mode also has this like bounty system with bonuses that you unlock during the match. And it was a really good time. Now, if you haven't played Gears of War, it does take some getting used to because of that whole cover to cover gameplay, that close quarters combat style. It does take some getting used to, but the whole arcade mode is actually really cool because it has all these other elements that you get to think about, such as the whole buying weapon system and how each character that you're playing has its own skill set. So I think this is something that's really different for the Gears franchise. So the Polygon article that I just read from was titled How Gears 5's Arcade Mode Works and Why It's Important. So why is this important for, for Gears? Arcade mode serves as a bridge to people who have not clicked with some of its other more traditional PvP game modes. So it's an attempt to kind of widen the audience and to hook people who normally don't play Gears PvP or who have kind of like dismissed it years ago and weren't interested in it. So did it work? Like, did it hook me? Well, sure. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was really, really good. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to next weekend. So yeah, I only had like an hour to play. And so I just queued by myself, but next weekend I'm going to have some more time. So hopefully I'll be able to play with some of you guys. So hit me up next weekend and we'll play some Gears together but that is not all from Gears that we learned this week. Ryan also sat down with Game Informer to talk about the scope of Gears 5 at release. And here's the quote, Gears 5 is the largest Gears of War to date. It's the largest campaign ever made, the largest PvE ever made, the largest versus ever made. The team at the Coalition is an extremely talented but focused team that believes in this game. They're extremely passionate about bringing their mark, a high degree of quality and a legacy that Gears fans will recognize. So that is a super hype statement. Like you could see the passion in that statement. And I'm excited. Their passion and desire to make Gears everything that it could possibly be is getting me excited about the franchise. But they're emphasizing the fact that they're not releasing with a light amount of content that they're going to sprinkle more and more on top of as time goes on. So many games are that way, am I right? You have games like The Division, bless its soul, I love The Division too. But when it released, you just had the campaign and then you got all the way to World Tier 1, 2, 3, 4, and then after they released World Tier 5, and then after they released the whole like, that was a part of that title Basin update. You know, that that was delayed and then they're going to release the raid and the raid was delayed for another month. And so you have all these things and we're just now, I mean, it's been out for three months plus now, and they're now just starting to to roll out their, their season one, their, uh, their first season of the game. And there's going to be two more to fall that brings us into next year. So, I mean, there was a lot of content that that game launched with, but a lot of it was also kind of trickled out over the first three months or so of the game being out and that kind of wears on people. It definitely wore on me because I never felt like I was getting to the end. I felt like I was always like getting out of plateau. And then while this isn't actually end game stuff, this isn't going to matter. I have to wait for the next one. And then I got to wait for the next content drop. So I'm constantly felt like I was constantly waiting for the game to be out, so to speak, but that's not what they're going to do with gears. They have a completely different vision and a different philosophy here. They want to just give you a massive campaign, massive PvE and PvP experiences all at once. And they're going to show you their high degree of quality. And they want this to be a legacy title that people are going to look back on years from now and say Gears 5 was a benchmark. That was an amazing experience. 
So because of their passion and because of the things that Ryan is out there sharing with all these news outlets, I'm excited for Gears. So and there's a couple other things that we learned this week about Gears 5. There's a tweet from the Gears of War feed fan accounts, and it's a bit of a roundup of some of the features that they have, the coalition have told us will be a part of Gears 5. A universal weapon tuning, 60 hertz servers, no gear packs, which are like uh, loot boxes, no season pass, direct purchases with no RNG, exclusive earnable content, free maps for matchmaking in private, recoil-based gunplay with hit markers and kill cams. These are great features. And they he kind of ends the tweet with, thank you, Coalition, for listening. Now, it's one thing to be a fan of the franchise where you're kind of, uh, oh, yeah, I play them when they come out. They're a lot of fun, but you kind of move on. But, you know, Gears has this whole community that play only Gears nonstop all the time. These are some of the features that they have been asking for. And the Coalition responded by just adding them to the game. So there's some really good features. These are the things that you want to see in competitive games. These are the things you want to see in hobby games where they're not going to nickel and dime you with a season pass. They're not going to trick you into buying these vanity boxes. It's just direct purchase. They will be some microtransactions. And actually, that brings us to our last thing here with Gears. Ryan also sat down and spoke with GameSpot. So here's what we learned. There's no season pass, which some of this was mentioned above. No season pass or loot boxes, but they're still offering some microtransactions. They confirmed that Gears 5 will have cross-play supports for not only multiplayer, but also the new three-person escape mode, the five-player horde mode, and the three-player campaign. So there's a lot of information here about what Gears 5 is all about. And I kind of consider this like the foundational information. What is going to make up the bones of Gears 5? And how will the player experience be? So to summarize this, we have a ton of content that you get to play when the game releases. That is so good and super important. They care about balancing. They're going to have that universal weapon tuning, recoil-based gameplay, hit markers, kill cams. So those, all those little things that kind of make up a good, fun, fair shooter. 60 hertz servers, absolutely necessary for a competitive game. But one thing that I'm super happy about is the fact that there's no season pass. And studios will try to do the season pass in different ways. It's a way for the company to make more money after release. And no matter what game does it, however it's done, I've just, I never like it. I never like it because like, for instance, the division two has their whole season pass thing. So they have exclusive missions, a couple exclusive missions that are only available to those season pass holders. And they have early access to new content being released. And it's only by like one week for that early access content. That's not too bad. I have the season pass, but honestly, I just don't like it. It just leaves uh, just, uh, I don't know, I guess I can say a bad taste in my mouth, so to speak, when I read the patch notes and I see that things are going to be delayed for people who didn't give them extra money, although they bought the game. But there's a lot of games that are way worse, games that will, will never give you that ongoing content unless you buy the season pass. Other games will break up their lobbies. They have a new map. Guess what? You can't play it unless you buy the season pass. With Call of Duty, they found out pretty quickly that people don't like that. So in the past, 
they found that a lot of people weren't buying the season pass. They didn't care about that extra stuff. So they would have to do all this work to make new maps and only have a few people enjoying them. So it's the whole thing, the whole idea of season pass. I just, uh, I don't know. There's got to be a better way. So it looks like Gears 5 is trying a better way by saying there's no season pass at all. By saying, yes, there will be more maps, but they're just going to be free. And the way they're going to support their game ongoing is through microtransactions. Now, they're not going the loot box route, which thankfully, that's fantastic. And I think they need recognition for that. Any gaming company that says no to loot boxes deserves at least a good high five. But there are going to be cosmetics that you can buy. But what's fantastic about this is that it's direct purchase with no RNG. That's the right way to do it. If you want to sell some outfits to continue to fund your studio and you want to offer things to your players that are really cool, let them just buy it outright. And that's exactly what they're doing. So this is positive. But jumping back down to the end of this game spot quote, there's crossplay, which is great. And it's crossplay for all of these different modes. So whether you're on PC or Xbox, you're going to be able to play together. Now, there's one huge concern anytime you bring up crossplay in a PvP mode, you automatically think people with keyboard and mouse are just going to destroy the people with a controller. What's the point of even having it? Well, some people don't get destroyed. So it's fine for some people. But to address the issue, the article says that Xbox players can opt out of matchmaking against PC players. So I think this is the best of both worlds here. Gears 5 is a very popular franchise. I don't think their lobbies are going to be suffering for a lack of people. So if you're on Xbox and you just don't ever want to see a PC player in your lobbies, you can just opt out. Problem solved. But I love that I'm going to be able to play with people who are only on PC or only on Xbox. And there's not going to be any social barrier there. We're going to be able to play and have a good time. That's an awesome feature, and I like how they're handling it. They're leaving the option to the player. You can choose yes or no. So that, my friends, is the Gaming Adventure Club podcast this week. That is our news roundup. A lot of Gears news, but it makes sense because the game is releasing really, really soon. The tech demo is out now. But I tell you what, another game that I'm really looking forward to is Borderlands 3. Like, I wasn't excited about it when we first heard about it. And it just didn't really appeal to me. But the closer we're getting to release, the more I'm thinking I want to give that game a shot. And the only other game that I have a high level of excitement for that's coming down the road isn't coming until next year, which is Cyberpunk. So that's that's a ways off. But there are a lot of other titles coming out this year that I'm sure the closer we get, the more excited we'll be. But let me ask you this. What games are you looking forward to by the end of the year? What do you want to play? Let me know. Hit me up on Discord or hit us up on Twitter, G underscore Adventure Club. Or if you have any other feedback for us whatsoever, just go to thegamingadventureclub.com and leave us some feedback there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate the help. That goes a long way for us. Thank you so much to everyone who has went over to iTunes and left us an iTunes five-star review. Those are actually really important and they help us have more exposure. So thank you to all of you who have went through the trouble to do that for us. So Andy should be back next week. So I look forward to him returning. But until next time, my friends, have an adventurous week and take care of each other. Mm -hmm.